Today's interview is with artist Alex Petrie. The first time I saw Alex's paintings, I was blown away. There was a unique style, a language, that just made my brain happy. And in getting to know her, I got to see her actually paint, which is one of those moments where doing what she does so well, a person transforms before your eyes, and you realize that this is what this person was born to do. And all of it left such an impression on me that it inspired me in my own art as a musician and to even take up oils myself. So sharing this interview with you was something I really wanted to do, but also something I feel privileged to do. Alex is a fairly private person and would rather cast light on those around her than on herself. So her agreeing to do this and be able to share her thoughts and ultimately her artistry with the larger world speaks to something else in her, the faith she places in good. So without further words here, here's our conversation. Enjoy. So how did you get into painting? I grew up with a lot of, um, both my parents were, I would say in some way, my dad especially were artists or they were uh, very into collecting art and uh, my dad is in interior design and he had a just a really good eye for design and for artwork and my mom as well and they collected a lot of artwork over the years and I think growing up in a house that respected art and kind of revered art was a big catalyst or a big inspiration for me just growing up seeing all these things and and then also they always got me art supplies and my dad being an interior designer had all these like fantastic pens I just remember being really small and sitting with him up at his design firm and he would let me use this set of permanent markers that had like the most fantastic colors in the universe like it was just amazing and just things like that ever since I was small did you do it in school at all, or were you kind of more just self-taught? Well, growing up through school, like elementary school and middle school, very limited yeah. art programs. And then high school, I did take art in high school, but like it was one art teacher for all the students, and it was very limited. And I did go to VCU for a few years, but kind of floundered. There were so many different options for career pathways mm-hmm. that you could go down, and I was so excited about all of them because I really didn't know that much about any of them. I think that the teachers that I had for AFO really influenced me and one of my art foundation teachers and just because he was such an amazing artist and such a just an incredible interesting person which I went into glass blowing because I just wanted to be near him because he was such an exciting person (laughs) and so I I went into a lot of different things and I kind of just jumped around in the different sections, and, and none of them really fit. I never actually took painting and printmaking, though, which is interesting. Yeah, because you're a fucking <laughs> you would, yeah. So how did you get into painting, then? I I had been painting very poorly. Like, through, mm-hmm. I think probably in high school I started painting more seriously, but really terribly. And I don't know if the reason that I didn't go into painting and printmaking was because I was kind of scared that somebody was going to tell me that I sucked at it. Maybe. Right. I don't know. Yeah. And it just, it meant so much to me. And it's always been such a very personal thing. Like I'm kind of a private person. So I really, I was painting, but I wasn't showing my paintings to very many people because it was such a private thing to me. You probably wanted to protect it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it was so important to me that if somebody and I and I had no confidence in it. So if somebody were to have told me, you know, that it sucked or whatever, I, I think that 
at that time, especially with no confidence and really no knowledge of what I was even doing with the materials, I think that would have been crushing to me. And so I, I didn't really want anybody to see it. When did you start gaining more confidence in it? What what happened that, that made you feel like, you know, okay, now I can start sharing it with the world? It was a very painstaking process because I am so private and because mm-hmm. not everybody knows about art or knows what it means. And a lot of the people that have been in my life are not artists and they don't quite get that expression or what it means or how much it means to me kind of thing. And they, you know, I think society at large, like a lot of people, you're kind of discouraged. Um, both my parents actually, you know, they nobody wants their child to be a starving artist. And a lot of society is so based on like making money and, you know, the white picket fence and all that stuff. Like I was reluctant to come out with it, I guess. But like over the years, and I think it really has had a lot to do with just the time that I put into it. Mm. And and the more I started doing it regularly, I kind of started seeing a style in myself, in my paintings, mm-hmm. that I kind of was starting to feel a little bit of confidence in. Like I, I would every once in a while, I'd be like, "Oh man, that like that's that's pretty decent. I like that." And for me at that time, that was unheard of for me mm-hmm. to have confidence like that because you know the art world can be a little bit. You know, people have their opinions, and you know, sure. for yeah. like a scared, shy person, it's hard, but, you know, just putting the time in and seeing the growth in myself and just little by little gaining confidence was everything. And then I kind of like, I had a couple of paintings up in, you know, friends' restaurants and I was getting a pretty decent reception and I sold a couple of them and that was insane to me. And I sold a couple of them to like people I didn't even know, which was like, the most beautiful thing on the planet to me because it wasn't like my family bought a painting, you know, my brother bought a painting for me or something like that. Like a total stranger saw my stuff and was like, I like that enough to want to purchase it and have it in my home and have it live with me in my space. So that, like that was really huge. Yeah. I mean, because it's the first, when something like that happens, you, you know, your work is being evaluated for what it is and not because someone loves you or, or right. Like, right. And they yeah. don't know me from anybody. So that like, that was huge. Was this around the time that you were doing your people paintings? Like when you were still working in acrylics? Oh yeah. yeah. My stick figure paintings. Yeah. Right. Those were the ones that made you realize like, Oh, I'm actually onto something here. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Cause I started and, having kind of a scene or a generalized, uh, way of saying things through my painting or like having, it was kind of like a language, like uh, forms and shapes that spoke to me. I know the works you kind of did after that, you switched to oil. Why? <laughs> how did you, how did you get over to Why? oil? <laughs> yeah. Oh, just because oils are like the stick figure paintings were very, very flat and a little bit designy. Mm-hmm. Um, just very flat. And flat and you mean in, in, in dimension or um, like shading, like in, in what realm? Yeah, all that. Okay. <laughs> all all that. I was, yeah, okay. I, I just had bigger ideas and things that I wanted to say that acrylics aren't really lent to. Like I have seen people do incredible things with acrylics, but my skills with acrylics were not there. And 
I just had always been really curious about oils and, you know, the way that some people can make them just glow. I mean, some people can make acrylics glow too, but I can't (laughs) or I haven't yet. Maybe that'll be the next time around. I don't know. (laughs) And actually, um, a couple of people had suggested that I, I try and just see how they made me feel and what I could do with them. And, and I just went crazy with them. I, I love oils so much. How did you adapt to it? Was it hard to switch over? It actually wasn't for some reason. Um, and you can see in a lot of my work with the oils, you can still see a lot of the same shapes and lines I used in my acrylic stuff as well, like even the stick figure paintings. But I was just able to to make it move more, to make it more active, a little bit louder. The first few oil pieces I did, and just I, I basically didn't know what I was doing at all. But I'm so into like the tactile process of painting. Like I could never be like a graphic designer that did work on the on the computers or like an animator or anything like that. Because I, like I need to get my hands dirty, and I need like the sound that a paintbrush full of paint makes when it hits the canvas. Like that's my thing. Like that, that's what makes me happy. Do you find it like helps you relax? Is it, is oh, it like, yeah. a, like a therapeutic process too? It is. It, it definitely is. And I, I've done like commissions for other people and I've done like pet portraits and things like that. And I, I can do like a realism to not photorealism, but like I, I can do representational realistic things but I just I that feels more like a chore to me and what I do in in the kinds of things that I paint it's absolutely like meditative and definitely is taking the craziness that's going on inside my head and saying it out loud it's kind of it's not a very brave way of doing it I don't think like I know a lot of writers and I'm so amazed by how brave they are that they can just say it in English. And I feel like my paintings are more of a kind of like an underground language or a, like an old, old ancient language that that I'm still trying to learn myself. And it just the way that other people look at them and what how other people see them and what other people take away from them is like a really big thing for me. But it doesn't feel that brave sometimes. Mm-hmm because it's so abstract and kind of vague, but... There seems to be kind of like a couple different periods of your painting. So the the first would be kind of like the flat stick figures. And then once you got into oils, you started doing this much more abstract thing. But it also has like elements of impressionism and like pointillism going on. How would you describe that style of painting? Like, how do you you think of it? Or can you? (laughs) I, yeah, I, I'm not very good at talking about my artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was doing the stick figures stuff and the, the acrylic stuff, and this is when I first was starting to put my stuff out there in public mm-hmm. and it was terrifying to me, but like, I remember having paintings lined up outside my friend's restaurant and we're looking at them and like thinking about where they might go and this and that and this couple came by and they're like, oh, this is really nice. Like, what what was your inspiration? And I just, like, kind of shut down a little bit. I Like, I wasn't ready for that. 
Mm-hmm. And also, like, I didn't want to get into that conversation with some random people on the sidewalk. But I just remember being like, oh, I, I paint stick figures like a kindergartner. <laughs> and that's what I could come up with. And, that, and that's actually how I felt about my, my work. Like, that's what I wanted to share um, with the public as far as, like, what I could talk about. Of course, it meant, like, a great deal more than that to me. And, the, you know, but I was not prepared to talk about that with anybody. It's yeah. kind of like still my private thing, and you know. And if I didn't know you, if you weren't like a friend of mine or somebody, you know, that I had talked to on more than one occasion, like I just wasn't comfortable talking to strangers about it or laying that out for anybody to see. When you're doing stuff like that, like there's kind of like two different levels of it. There's like the the you know the kind of basic level of like what does this look like. But then there's also the question of like, well, why are you painting that? You know, and then even that can be kind of multi-leveled because, I mean, it sounds like almost right. like you were kind of trying to make it simple, right. almost in a disguised kind of way to yeah. kind of... I was trying to make it vague. I was trying to make it vague for sure. But I was still like doing the stick figures and like I was still putting in like animals and nature and things that were representative of things in my life and things that I was thinking about and things that I wanted to say, you can see certain things in them. And people have this weird thing about their, they like, like where's Waldo or whatever. Like they like to look at paintings and be like, Oh, I see this. I see that. Which is cool to me. But when I started using oils, I was trying to challenge myself to not do anything that was representational like and I couldn't even do it like I really couldn't even do it because things just started coming out but I and there's a lot of nature in that series of work flowers were a big thing and you know fields and grasses and the outdoors there was a lot of that but still pretty subdued and I really tried hard not to like have somebody's face in there or like a you know a building or anything that if I painted something that looked to me like a person or a a building like I tried to immediately erase it out because I just really wanted to focus on the color and the the movement like kind of like the underlying tone of it more so than me trying to make a statement about something yeah that's also when you kind of like discovered like a certain palette that kind of worked for you too right yeah and that and I still have that I'm kind of embarrassed about that but I just Why there's some colors that are really important to me. I don't know. I don't know. Like a lot of most artists can, you know, have the whole range, and there's just certain colors that speak to me and that mean a lot to me. And I don't. I mean, I, I know that'll change. It is changing today, even. Um, and that is actually the the same time that I started getting a little bit more confident in my painting. I have a number of friends who are painters, and I was starting to ask, you know, what do you think about this? And kind of looking for their critiques or their their opinion on it. Like, is this something that other people would want to see? Or is this acceptable, I guess? Which is mm-hmm. really sad to me now that I think about it. But that's where I was at the time. I was like, I don't even know if this is anything that anybody would want to see. You know, or right. if I'm just doing this because I have to do it. And a lot of those friends were represented by um, uh, the Eric Schindler Gallery, which is who represents me right now. And 
a lot of them suggested I go talk to Kirsten Gray, who who runs it, and and I don't know how, but somehow that little bit of confidence that I had gotten, you know, from just the the few things that I had put out there and gotten a you know a, a fairly decent uh, reception on, I had this little little tiny bit of confidence enough to like pack up all my paintings and drive down to her gallery and put them all in a room and show them to her, which was terrifying. I bet. A very shy private person. It was just like walking in and cutting my abdomen open and just letting all the guts fall down onto the floor in this gross heap. It was so mortifying, but it was so good. It was Why so do you think good. you did it? Because there's that little part of me that, like I think a lot of artists, you kind of have to have that ego piece, you know, mm-hmm. to think that like even you know, as shy as I am and was or whatever, like, there is that piece in me that's like, of course somebody wants to see this. Of course somebody wants to know this or, like, look at this or experience this or share this. Like, of course, because I've got some really great things to say. And, you know, obviously, which is not me at all. But there, I mean, you can't really be an artist if you don't have that piece. And it's like audacity, like, yeah, have the audacity I mean, to think that your voice and your, you know, your work is worthy, you know, and to have confidence. And even if you haven't gotten a great reception from the people around you or the, you know, the community around you, to be like, this is what I have to say. This is my thing. Like, and that that's actually like my newer stuff that I'm doing that I've been doing for the last couple of years for this show is kind of walking out on the ledge for me a little bit because I am putting more representational stuff in there. And I am, it's it's a lot louder than my other stuff. It's still oils and it's still a lot of the same colors and a lot of the same shapes and the same alphabet that I was using. But it's really loud, comparatively speaking, which I like. I'm, I'm a little nervous about it though, because it's loud. <laughs> right. And that's not, yeah, where you've been. You know, when you realize that like artists are people and it really is people putting stuff out of their imagination into the world. It, you know, if you're a person too, then it kind of like begs this question, well, why not my thing? And, you know, simultaneously with that, the art world, like as like a thing has like a kind of like an ongoing conversation that's going on that like has like time and history and all this shit. So when you're finding out, like if, if something can sell or is appropriate to be shown, um, it's also kind of figuring out like where this thing that you painted for, you know, your own personal reason, does it fit into this like dialogue like right now that's kind of going on. Right. And those can be two kind of separate things. And sometimes you can make art that really means a lot to you, but like it, it just can't find a place in the dialogue that's going on right now. So it's pretty cool that, that you were able to find that. I've been very lucky, mm-hmm. but if, if this work that I'm doing now is, you know, I think it has a place today, but I don't want to put it into a box. And honestly, like if it isn't well received, mm-hmm. that's okay. Cause for me, like it's genuinely what I'm feeling, what I've been thinking, how I've been moving through life, like the last couple of years. And if it's not the thing that everybody wants to have in their house and live with and look at every day, then so be it. Cause I mean, I, I kind of, I have some knowledge of art history, you know, 
just in loving art as much as I do and loving to look at it and loving to learn about it and learn about the artists and what they were doing and, you know, what time it was in history and, you know, where they were geographically or whatever. And I know that I could make art that sells, mm-hmm. you know, because I kind of know what there's, there's a, a lot of people that buy art that don't may not know very much about art. And they might be looking for more of like a designy thing to, you know, match their living room or whatever. And I've, I've had people ask me for that too. But again, like with the portraits and like pet portraits or the, you know, people asking for specific things like that, it feels like a chore to me and it doesn't feel genuine and it doesn't feel honest. And I don't really care to say it. Like I, I don't really want to take the time to, to make a copy of something else or, you know, just because, and I've been very lucky in my life that, you know, cause I was working full time and then just kind of painting on the side. And I think that if I was only painting, you know, that was my primary way to get money. It would be, it would be a little bit harder cause you still want to have your, your true genuine voice, you know, but then you also need the money from the sales. And I've been pretty lucky to have had other ways of, making money so that I didn't because I, I paint because I love it. Like I just mm-hmm. love it. There's nothing I love more on this planet. And I, there's nothing that makes me happier. If I, if I don't do it for a little while, I start feeling sick and wrong and confused and crazy. I do it because I love it. Like I, I do it whether it's going to sell or not. Like I just have to do it and I have to say what I'm saying and, you know, paint, what feels right to me and until I can find just like that right line or just that right shape or, and if I, if I wasn't doing that, if I was just painting something, you know, halfway decent that somebody would want to buy, like it just wouldn't be enjoyable to me because it means so much to me. And that's, you know, that's you kind of protecting it again too. You know, like it, like it, it, like this seems like a very, something very deep and important to you is coming out and painting. Um, does get weird when you take your passion and turn it into something that you depend on for a living, it changes the whole dynamic of it. Like I have so many friends that used to yeah. work in record stores and they started hating music because they <laughs> just had to listen to it yeah. all day and they couldn't enjoy the new releases because they had to hear them 48 times a day. So yeah, I definitely and understand my, that. And like my last series of work, I think, I don't know, even know what you would call it, but the last, work that I was doing, it did really well. It was very well received and I sold a lot of pieces and I was super happy, but like, it was so, so good for my soul that people wanted my work. You know, I mean, if I kept doing that exact work, I know that I could sell it, you know, mm-hmm. but, and, you know, and I don't know what people will think about my new stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad, for example, was like, He's like, oh, this is very different than the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it is. I mean, it's similar in, in a lot of ways, but it is very different. And um, But I, I think, like, as an artist or as a musician, like, if you're not growing and moving forward and changing, if you're just doing your same old stagnant stuff, like, I can't have respect for that. I don't ever mm-hmm. want to be like that. I mean, and people, you know, I've been stuck in places, and that, you know, that happens. But, like... 
the whole point is to get better and to get different and to try new things and to say different things. Like if you're just saying the same old thing over and over, that's so boring. Nobody wants to hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, people. That's not true. People do want to hear it, but right. the people that I want, the, the people that I want to enjoy my artwork, don't want to hear me say the same thing over and over and over again. They want to see what's happening now and how it's changed and what's going on and you know. That's how I feel about artwork. I don't want to see the same thing over and over again. I don't want to hear the same song over and over again. I want to hear like all the new stuff and what's out there and how is this person that I really liked their older stuff? What are they doing now? And like, like one of my favorite artists, uh, Lee Bonacou, like I got into her sculptures and then, you know, jump ahead 30 years and like, she's making these fish and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, how, how did she get to that? Yeah. And it's like, I totally respect the shit out of her. So like, now I'm going to pay attention to these fish with every yeah. bit of power that I got from the, the shit that I, you know, fell in love with their work over. But it shows this journey, you know, the evolution of this person, because the things you decide to spend your time on are very informative to what is important to this person or what is or the the language around them or the you know the techniques evolved it shows kind of you know just just this movement of this person it seems like you do art as part of your life rather than something that is like something like this is kind of like how you're figuring stuff out about you you know and, and absolutely yeah of course, when you're doing it like that, like it's it's definitely going to have to evolve. It's definitely going to change, and that, yeah, I mean, that's really you cool. Hope. You would hope. You would hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, hopefully, that's, that's the whole thing, right? So you have a gallery show coming up here in April at uh, yes. uh, Eric Schindler Gallery, and for folks listening, if you want to listen yeah. to an interview with uh, Kirsten Gray, the owner of that gallery, we actually have that here on the podcast. Just as a side note to plug my own podcast um but uh yeah so how do, how does how does one go about preparing for a gallery show because i guess your first show you didn't really you weren't really planning for that that was like something that you had been painting and then kind of found out oh kirsten likes it i'm gonna have a show yeah this you went into like knowing like okay this is my show that's coming up (laughs) yeah well I can't really answer that question because I don't know what the hell I'm doing the first show was easier because it was a a joint show with a friend of mine so it was two of us and he already had a name and a following he's a relatively famous local painter and all around really good guy one of my art heroes and um so that was a little bit easier I mean it was terrifying because I was like oh, it's just the two of us, and he's an actual, like, real artist, and I'm just kind of like, ugh. Like, it was terrifying, but it was it was a little bit easier to have somebody to do it with. And this time, just me, and it's funny because it's everything I've ever wanted in my whole life, mm-hmm. but it's also terrifying, you know, and I just, I hope I'm doing it right, and I hope that this is worthy, and, like, it's starting to get closer and closer, and the, the closer it gets the more nervous I am. But that's just, I mean, that's just how I am as a person. But you're done, right? You know, no. Oh, you're not done? I got anything? three weeks left. <laughs> oh, hell no. I got three weeks left, dude. How many fucking paintings are you putting in there? Do you got like a shit ton right now? I Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm, 
that's that's mostly that's mostly what I'm doing right now is just organizing them, getting them mm-hmm. framed, kind of like trying to make sure that they are a cohesive unit of work, blah blah blah, and you know, kind of like organizing the timeline, organizing the titles, organizing the things that went into them and the, and what I was doing at that time over the past couple of years and it's a little bit painful, I have to say. I lost my dad last year, um, yeah. and that was really big. And so it really is, like, it's a lot about him and a lot about, like, the process of grieving and loss and, you know, big things changing in your life. You know, I've had a number of really big events in my life over the last couple of years, and it's it's kind of cool to see, like, a a recorded history of it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I have them. I mean, some of them I look at and I'm like, oh man, I remember where I was and what I was thinking and what that, what that story is saying. Like, I remember that story and I remember how much pain I was in, you know, mm-hmm. or then like, I remember the feeling of hope that I was having. And it's really interesting to me to, when I like looking back through it and organizing it into like a unit um, that, you know, maybe I'm not such a mess. They do relate to each other for sure. It's weird how things can seem so unconnected and then in hindsight exactly. see a line going right the fuck through. <laughs> You're just like, exactly. Isn't it, it really, how the it fuck really did is. I not see that? <laughs> yeah, it really is. But looking at them, you know, all together and like, okay, like that's what it is. And at the time, like I, I was calling them like seizure paintings because they are a little seizure-ish and they're, they're loud and, and they kind of are seizures of my brain. Like, you know, just things that I had to get out and things that I had to work out and things that I had mm-hmm. to work through and think about and talk about while painting. And they are a little seizure-ish. Some of those ones that um, you showed me that were very pointillistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like they're crazy compared to your other stuff, but they're amazing. I mean, they're like, they still look like you're painting. Somehow, I don't know how the fuck you did it. And also, you yeah, brought <laughs> you also brought in like like different elements that I've never seen before in your work. You have a couple smaller uh, square ones that it, they almost look mixed media, but they're all oil. And I don't know, it, it's very interesting. Like you've definitely got a lot of different stuff going on, but yet it all seems like you're painting. I guess kind of closing up here, um, you were this artist that wasn't confident, didn't really feel like, you know, it was a very personal thing to you. And it was hard for you to kind of bring yourself to share it. What advice would you have for folks that are kind of in that same position where, you know, they've, they have this creative thing that they're doing and, um, you know, they, they don't really know if they want to you know, try and share it with the world or, or maybe even pursue it more. I honestly, looking back, I have no idea how I gathered the gumption to a call Kirsten, a total stranger, a very fancy gallery owner, a very respected member of the art community. I don't know how I made that call. So there was that, that was hard, but that was just like the first little step. Like I had to just like kick myself. I was very lucky to have a lot of friends that were artists and painters and that kind of had been giving me 
support and good feedback and actual critique, like not just, oh, that looks cool, but like, oh, you try this or try that. Like, I was very lucky to have that. And just to have that little tiny, tiny bit of confidence. And just for a second, I mean, it was fleeting. I like pretty much regretted it the second I sent that message. I was like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Like, what am I doing? I'm not good enough for you know, a gallery, like, who do I think I am, this and that. And then I I don't know how I packed my little car full of, because I was pulling things out of closets. I was pulling things from 15 years, like crappy stuff, like really crappy stuff. I was pulling everything, just threw it all in my car, drove down there, unloaded it into her gallery for her to look at. Like the last, you know, 15 years of my life, the very poor initial paintings that I did, but it had kept some of them that meant something to me that I thought were okay. And don't you know that lady put, she doesn't even remember this, but she put my paintings in chronological order in that room. Like oh, wow. she could see, and that blew my mind. And not everybody can do that. She has an incredible eye, and I respect her so much in her opinion. And for her to be able to see kind of the area where I started in painting and see the movement and the growth to where I was the day, you know, of the last painting that I showed her was everything. It was insane to me that she could see that. And those are the kind of people that I want to spend my life with, people that can see that kind of thing and and that in and of itself was like hugely hugely confidence building and then the fact that she was like yeah I think you have something here like not you know obviously not the crappy old ones but <laughs> like I think you have something here I think you have a voice I think you're legitimately an artist and I I don't want to say that like if you're making art are you an artist? Like you do have to know that for your own self because not everybody is going to receive your work. It's not for everybody, you know, and it, you do have to, like I've had people sit in front of me and look me dead in the eye and say, you're not an artist. Artists mm. sell their paintings. Like, and this is years ago. And it, and a lot of people are like that. Like they just don't get art. You know, it's like surround yourself with people that do get art. And take that one little tiny, I, to this day, I don't, you know, and getting this show together, like, I, I'm kind of brought back to that moment of, like, am I good enough? Is this good enough? Do people want to see this? Am I legitimately an artist? And, and I'm not a confident person. I'm fairly shy and meek a little bit in public. I'm not good with people, but I have confidence about my work, and I, I have confidence just because I've put the time in. And because I love it so much, you know, and if you can just take that one little step, even if you don't really believe it yet, because I didn't, but there was like one little tiny spot in me that was like, but this is what I want to do. Like, so I need to at least figure out how to do that. What's the next step? And and this person is very schooled and experienced. So I need to find people that can tell me how to do this because I really want to do this. And over the years, just the confidence comes. Again, like I said, putting the show together, I'm still like, oh, I don't know. But it's there. Like, I know I have rooms and rooms full of paintings that I've been working on for the last two years. And some of them are really damn good. You know, you just have to do the next thing. 
and you got to open yourself up just that one little bit. And, you know, it might be shitty. It might be painful. Somebody might look you in the eye and say, you're not an artist. And you just, you know, have to have faith in what you love. If you love it, it's yours and claim it. And don't let anybody tell you different because they will. But there are also people that will lift you up and support you and tell you what what is the next step you need to take. Like I had a a friend of mine came over to help me, who is one of my artist heroes, again, my artist hero friends. And he, you know, I wanted him to take a look at what I had. And it's so funny because I'm so confident with what I have today, but I actually asked him, is this a show? Is this a show? Can this be a show? Because I'm just feeling a little overwhelmed. And and he kind of picked the ones he thought would work the best together. And then he pulled some to the side and he was like, I don't know, that one gives me a headache. But the ones that he pulled to the side were actually a lot of the ones that were my newer, newer, newer stuff, like really recent stuff. You were actually talking about them earlier with the, the tinier brush strokes. Yeah. And those are the ones like I'm kind of all about right now. So, you know, you have to have that little voice inside yourself, even when somebody tells you, I don't really like that. And I'm not that person, man. I am not that person. But I'm also putting those fucking paintings in the show because they're important to me. and I really like them. So even if other people don't, you know, you just have to just keep on going. And that concludes my interview with artist Alex Petrie. I would like to thank her for taking the time to talk with me. You can see her work this April at the Eric Schindler Gallery here in Richmond, Virginia. And you can follow her on Instagram at username A-L-I-X-Petrie. For more episodes of this podcast, check out VariousThingsPodcast.com or search for us on your favorite podcasting app. This has been Various Things. Thanks for listening.